After a very successful 20-year career in the military, Tyler Blocher took his transition into his own hands. He proves that an incredibly successful transition out of the military requires persistence, determination, and the courage to do things others haven't in the past. He also shows us what amazing things can happen when that perfect storm of action, serendipity, and opportunity are mixed in a pot. It usually renders resounding success. As a director of the SkillBridge programs at the veteran recruiting firm Bradley Morris, Tyler is extremely knowledgeable about the military SkillBridge program that allows veterans to participate in internships at companies within the last six months of their active duty service. In this interview, you'll see how energized Tyler is to help educate other veterans and employers about the benefits veteran hiring programs provide in business as well as veteran transitions. You're going to get so much value from this interview and you can't help but to pay attention to Tyler's poised, informative, and incredibly likable personality. Here's the interview I had with soon to be retired U.S. Navy officer Tyler Blocher. Hey everybody, thanks for listening to the Night's Tale podcast. I'm your host, Robert E. Woods III, and today we have a special guest, U.S. Navy veteran, Tyler Blocher. Tyler's illustrious 20-year career in the military led him to an incredible career opportunity as a recruiting manager at Bradley Morris, and the firm that I would say is definitely one of the absolute best recruiting firms for junior military officers in the country. So please join me in welcoming Tyler Blocher. Tyler, how are you? I'm doing good, Robert. Thanks. How are you? Absolutely. Uh, pretty good. Thanks for being here. Um, and by the way, I just want to say um, all of the things that Tyler's going to say today are his own opinions and don't represent the U.S. Navy or the Department of Defense at all. Um, just had to get that out of the way. Appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, I'm still active duty, so we always have to say that as a disclaimer, so I appreciate that. Right. Um, absolutely. So <clears throat> I know it's really hard to encapsulate you know, 20 amazing years in the military, but could you tell us a little bit about, um, you know, your background and your career in the Navy and um, the story behind your transition? Sure. So uh, professionally, like in the Navy, I uh, joined the Navy back in 1998. I was 18 years old and I enlisted in the Navy, uh, decided that it seemed like a good opportunity and a good thing to do. So I'm originally from Southern California. No one in my immediate family uh, was in the Navy. I had a couple um, Army or uh, uncles who are army officers, but no one in the Navy itself. So, yeah, I just enlisted, went to boot camp, uh, did boot camp, went to my first command, and there was a guy there named Charlie Tarver who was applying for a commissioning program. So, from going from enlisted to officer, and the program that he was applying for, I wasn't senior enough to do. Uh, but what was coming down the line was a program called the Seaman to Admiral program, where if you're uh, junior enlisted, you apply to this program and you, if you get picked up, you end up going to school, the Navy pays for your education. And so I thought that seems like a really good opportunity. So right. I saw that and um, I ended up applying for it and I got picked up. And so I went to San Diego State University where I graduated and I commissioned as a surface warfare officer. So I did two division officer tours out of San Diego where I worked in engineering and then I was in the navigation administrative department. My short tour after that, so those were in San Diego, my short tour took me across the country to Maryland where I was stationed at the United States Naval Academy, which I didn't go to the Naval Academy. I had no ties to the Naval Academy. It seemed like a really cool opportunity, so I applied for that and I ended up getting accepted into that program. 
and I did the Naval Academy for uh, almost, well, about three years. And after that, I went to department head school because I'm a surface warfare officer. So next in line was a department head school and uh, went up to Rhode Island for six months, then did a department head tour on a ship out of Norfolk, Virginia on an amphibious ship. And then I went to a coastal riverine squadron for my second department head tour, which was very different that I'd never had any experience in. <laughs> but it seemed kind of cool to do off the beaten path when it comes to like the surface warfare officer pipeline. Did that, deployed and ended up, my shore tour was at a security command where I was the logistics um, guy at the security command. So that's where I ended up retiring out of. So my prior enlisted time, plus about 14 years as an officer, puts me close to 21. And I'll retire here in about three weeks on September 1st with wow. 20, 20 years and eight months service. <laughs> wow. And that, wow. Congratulations. I know Thank this. Uh, so how does it feel to be in this position right now? So I have a unique experience because my transition, I started about two years ago. I got a lot of good advice on when should you start transitioning out. Right. And I really, I went to TGPS, which is the class that we go to. It's a week-long class that gets you in the mindset of what your benefits are, resume writing, what networking is, because you're <laughs> in such a bubble in the Navy, especially after 20 years. And so <laughs> I went to that class about two years out, and I really started setting up myself a plan for what how I wanted to complete my resume and give myself some time to do that. Wanted to build my LinkedIn uh, profile and my LinkedIn network, um, as well as do a lot of my medical stuff um, in the process, getting all of that documented because a lot of times over the course of those 20 years, you're just so busy and you want to stay operational. You don't have time to get stuff checked out. So right. uh, I want to make sure I did that. And uh, then it rolled me into um, introduced into the SkillBridge program, which I know that's a major point that we'll talk about. And that was just a game changer mm. in changing the direction of my transition, which ended up or putting me here at Bradley Morris as a recruiting manager, which you had mentioned. Right. So um, with the SkillBridge program, did you do that through Shift or another company? Or Yeah, so it was not through Shift or any other company. What had happened was I was, so I have a 14-year-old son right now. I have four kids. There's 14, 12, 10, and 7, and they all have names, um, Jacob, <laughs> Elope, and Sullivan. So three boys and a girl. Oh. And you find out when your kids start getting involved in things, you become involved in those things as well. So right. at our church, uh, we started going into the youth group because my son entered into middle school. And so this was about two and a half years ago, and I started volunteering in, in youth group. And the, one of the first days I met a guy named Tim and Tim said that he worked at Bradley Morris and I go, oh, I've heard of Bradley Morris. Uh, <laughs> you guys do some veteran placement and you help officers. He goes, yeah, that's what we do. And I go, well, maybe in a couple of years we could talk because I'm going to be getting out of the Navy in, in about two and a half years. He goes, sure. I'd be more than happy to. So fast forward a couple weeks later and the youth pastor sends out an email and everyone's responding. I can't remember what the email was, but Tim responds and it says, Tim Best, CEO, Bradley Morris. And so I responded to the email. I'm like, Tim, you said you worked there. Like you didn't say that you were the CEO of the company. And it's a fairly large company. It's like Bradley Morris, recruit military, NBA veterans. There's, we do a lot of things. And he goes, well, I didn't want to um, just start with that. I'm the CEO. I was like, well, okay. So I saw him a couple weeks later at church and uh, we started talking and he goes, you know what? I don't do any placement anymore. And in my head, I'm thinking, well, of course not. Cause you're the CEO of the company. You're managing the whole thing. And he goes, well, how about 
I take you under my wing. We meet for uh, like over the course of these next few months and I could really introduce you to some people and we could talk about your transition. And I said, sure. You know, so whenever I tell that part, it's whenever you have an opportunity where someone, whether it's like a, a men, in a mentor type position or some senior leader, if they're offering, you know, to mentor you and to talk you through things, like you always jump on that, you know, never say no to an opportunity like that. Right. So I said, yes. So we meet a couple months later, I got on this calendar and the first discussion was, you know, what I want to do, where I want to do it and things like that. And at the end of it, he mentioned the SkillBridge program. Mm -hmm. And I had never heard of the SkillBridge program. So he goes, oh yeah, the Navy has an internship program. Like, I don't think it does. And he goes, I'm pretty <laughs> sure it does. <laughs> said, I don't think so. And he goes, look, at, look up DOD SkillBridge. So I said, okay. So I went home and I, you know, Google's DOD SkillBridge and I came across the DOD instruction and the Navy message. And there's every service has their own like specific stuff. And I looked it up and lo and behold, the Navy has an internship program. And I started reading about the eligibility requirements and there weren't that many of them. And it said, you know, you have to be within 180 days of getting out. You have to pass your most recent PFA. You have to be promotable in your most recent evaluation. You've had to have ethics training. Um, and so there was just a few, a few eligibility requirements. And I thought, oh my gosh, this seems too good to be true. And then I read the Navy message and that was more along the lines of eligibility, but then who was the approval authority? And it turns out I was working at a command uh, with a Navy captain as my boss, an 06, and he was the approval authority for an internship, which struck me as odd. And so what I did was I ended up emailing the point of contact on the Navy message, Tom Albert, and I asked him, one, is this still a program? Because this message is from 2015. <laughs> and then two, who approves these internships? Does it have... Who was the ultimate authority? Hmm. And he emailed me back. Yes, it's still a program. And it's at, uh, based on the NAV admin. It's your, you know, the first person with uh, non-judicial punishment authority in your chain of command, which for me was my captain. Hmm. So I was like, wow, you know, this, this is crazy. So I told Tim and he's like, yep, told you there's an internship. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> so I still met with Tim. I start talking to my boss in the Navy and I float it past him about, the DOD SkillBridge program, and he had never heard of it. Nothing against him, it's just not a very popularized program. Mm -hmm. and so uh, I got on his calendar and I talked to him about it and was just, you know, kind of testing out the waters if it was something I could do. And in the meantime, I'm meeting with Tim still over the course of this, and it gets into discussing an internship, working with Bradley Morris. And kind of organically, it just happens to where he goes, if you can work an internship um, and you can get approved for one, you can do your internship here. Mm. Because a lot of the stuff that I talked about was helping, I like helping junior officers. I like helping uh, people just, uh, as with this position, find job placement, just helping people out. Because when you're in the transition um, section of your career, you don't know where to go a lot of the times. You do right. TPS and then you're just... What am I supposed to do next? And that's what I really like that we're one of those next steps that help. And so a lot of the next portion of my time was talking to my chain of command about the DOD SkillBridge program. And I would meet with my CO and he was on the fence about it. He's like, I don't know, because you, you go temporarily assigned to the internship place. There's no replacement for you. Right. So it really has to do with can your command support it? And my right. first boss uh, was really 50-50, but lo and behold, uh, it turns out that he would be retiring 
come last summer. So it, it hit me that he wouldn't be the one making the decision at that point if I'm going to do an internship. So when the new guy came in, I talked to him briefly about it. And um, he seemed up for the idea. He got, I got him up to speed on the different documentation for it. And then there's still Tim, where I'm still meeting with Tim, talking about transition stuff. And after a couple months, my CEO, the current CEO said, you know what, I owe you a response on that internship. Like, I'll give you an answer on that. Like, okay. And so then December kind of came around in this whole timeline. He goes, I still owe you a response. How about after the new year, I'll let you know. And I said, okay, because you're going to end up twisting my arm. And I always think that part's funny because I didn't twist anyone's arm. Like he just, he's like, you're going to end up twisting my arm. So I'm like, all right. So the new year comes and he calls me into his office or something unrelated. And there was a real miscommunication between me and him. And uh, we kind of went back and forth a little bit on a work-related item. And in the end, we hashed it out, but he goes, all right, break your internship. And I was like, oh, crap. Like, <laughs> this, is not, this is not a good transition. And he goes, I'm good with you doing an internship. I can support three months. So you can do an internship for three months. And I asked, is that three months including my terminal leave time? Or is that three months outside my terminal leave time? He said, backtrack it from your terminal leave time. So wow. I went on terminal leave about six weeks ago, July 1st. So my internship started April 1st. Mm. And once he was okay with that, the actual approval process really went very quickly. So to answer your question, I went straight from my command to Bradley Morris with a, like a memorandum of understanding. Mm-hmm. I didn't go through any other company. I just, I coordinated my internship on my own, which you can still do. Right. And we finished up some paperwork. I did a special request shit and that was really it. And I checked out of my command in late March And I made sure I did all my stuff. Like I kind of forecasted in the future what I would need to do. I still had to go back a couple times just for different evaluations and some work-related things. But come April 1st, I was here at Bradley Morris in civilian clothes um, talking to transitioning junior officers. Wow. That's my long answer to your very short question. (laughs) Wow. That's amazing. That's amazing. So um, when it comes to that process, do you think that um, your seniority in the Navy had anything to do with the, you know, the directness? Well, you know, how direct it was? I I definitely think so. And I talk to people about that when I go to commands, giving training on SkillBridge. Mm -hmm. I was in a very great spot as a department head with direct access to the commanding officer. Right. So when I'm talking to him, I just have to get on his calendar and we can talk for, it's a little bit more, I imagine challenging for junior enlisted people who have a couple more layers to go through or even yeah. junior officers. There's a couple more layers and you have to get some more buy-in from other people in addition to the high up people. Mm-hmm. So I imagine that's more challenging. I was also in a very good spot with the command that I was at. I was mm-hmm. in at a shore duty, non-operational. My department had four other government civilian employees who had been there for a long time. So for Mm. the commanding officer to lose me without a replacement, it wasn't a major hit like operationally to our command. So yes, I was in a good spot with my seniority and definitely with the type of job that I had. If I was on a ship trying to do this, understandably, it, it would be very, very difficult to do because there's those operational requirements. Right. So, um, cause you mentioned that you have a pretty, pretty big family, which is amazing. Um, and I know that they are probably at the forefront of your mind when you're making these decisions the whole time. Um, how was your mindset when you were going through that process? Were you kind of, 
you know, uh, on a daily basis kind of um, anxious or did you feel pretty, pretty at ease about it? So although I had an internship lined up and I was working here for three months and then I knew at the beginning I would have a, a job full time once my internship ended, I still had a lot of stress and anxiety uh, <laughs> associated with transitioning. And it was very surprising, actually. So it's interesting you asked that question. <laughs> Um, even though the internship and I told my commanding officer like changed the whole atmosphere of my home, there's still a lot of stress going on when you're trying to transition because right. there's so many unknowns that you just have never faced before. And so actually two days ago, my wife and I celebrated 19 years of marriage. Oh, so my goodness, congratulations. We, yeah, thank you. We met in high school wow. and ended up getting married. I was 20 and she was 18. And so she's been along for the ride for <laughs> almost the whole time and the wow. and just a great support network a support system from her couldn't have asked for like a better navy wife when it comes to moving around all the places that i talked about earlier mm. so she's been great with transitioning with me transitioning out and it's a transition for her too as well right moving from that steady paycheck and even though we're gone a lot there's consistency in knowing right when you're dabbling into the civilian world and it's just, <laughs> it's just so unknown and it's so foreign and my kids have been really good too. Like I said, I have the, we're moving into adolescence. And so, yeah, a lot of the decisions are, I want to make sure I provide for my family, but then as well, I still have kids in the midst of baseball and horseback riding and softball. And so those are always on my mind as well. And that was one of the cool things about working here at Bradley Morris. Number one, it's six miles from my house in Virginia, in Chesapeake. And so that was really key. And then two, uh, there's a lot of flexibility with my work schedule, uh, making sure that I hit all of my um, requirements and all of my, my quotas and who I need to talk to. But right. how I get there is really flexible. And I really appreciate that about the company to where I can go to baseball and I can coach my son and mm, wow. uh, be available for my family every night. So yeah, that weighed heavily and surprisingly, um, more stress and anxiety than I thought. And I was in a really good position with an internship and a set job. So <laughs> it, I don't know. Wow. And then, um, well, yeah, how do you explain it to a boss that's never heard of it before? So I know for the Navy side, I know what I can do as I talked to both of my commanding officers, the one who retired and then the new one had both never heard of the program. So it is an interesting timing of the discussion because, um, you're still in the military. You don't, you want, you're still a team player. You still want to work until the day that you transfer, <laughs> but on the side, you're trying to set yourself up for civilian life. And so just the timing of that conversation, you have to be careful with. Um, so you're not coming across as someone who's just trying to get out of work. Or you're just trying to go skate, you know, for three months. Right. And so I was, I, I timed it well with both bosses. And then I also informed them of the program itself and tried to make it very easy for their decision. Whenever I would email them, I would kind of explain how things work. Whenever I would present them with folders of documents, I'd try to make it very easy that they understood that I didn't have to go in and provide any extra information. And so influencing my bosses took me about 16 months uh, from start to finish when I, when, from when I started the actual internship. So that was the wow. longest process. The paperwork, like I said, took, I think, four days by the time it was, <laughs> just, you know, doing some paperwork. I don't know, because I've encountered people who are trying to work different um, internships with outside companies. And I was, again, in a unique spot where 
a lot of the people that I work with are veterans. We hire veterans. We right. play veterans. And the, the CEO who was the bottom line of my internship informed me about the internship. So right. I haven't encountered um, the, the difficulty of trying to inform an organization about a SkillBridge internship. Gotcha. I have talked to some people who I've talked to quite a few people who will find me on LinkedIn, talk to me over the phone mm-hmm. and ask those questions. You know, I'm trying to hook up an internship with this company and I'm running into all kinds of legal problems, mm. which they're not legal problems from the Navy side. It's the company thinking, how can we have an unpaid intern? How does this work when they're full-time military active duty? And there's a lot of apprehension for the companies okay. who just aren't familiar with the program for the Navy. It's all been vetted that we're allowed to do this. You know, we can't receive pay. So when I worked here, I didn't receive any pay mm-hmm. until I started full time. But during the internship, it's unpaid. So people have had those challenges uh, with working with organizations who are unfamiliar with it and them trying to explain a Navy program to someone <laughs> unfamiliar with the Navy. It's very difficult. <laughs> so that um, and so you mentioned like the, the pay is the pay commensurate when you transition or does it do you get a little uh, decrease or increase? From my active duty pay mm-hmm. to right when I started. Just for the people that are that want to, you know. You can expect, again, because I'll place Navy officers as well. You can expect a little bit of dip in your pay. Okay. For myself and other retirees, you have your military retirement. So I don't have to make exactly what I made because I have that military retirement to offset it. Very, very nice. Very um, lucky to have that. For people getting out non-retirement and they're just separating, from what I've seen, you can expect to have a little bit of dip in your pay. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people think they're going to be coming in at, if their active duty pays like, you know, 140 grand and they're separating <laughs> at 10 years, I try to have that managing expectations. <laughs> you might be worth that, you know, but, <laughs> but you might not find those type of jobs, you know, coming from Bradley Morris or from other outside um, industry or organizations. But I'm not saying you're not worth that much, but I'm just trying to be realistic here. Right. So um, I know you're in Virginia, right? Yes. So do you place people um, in Virginia or only in Virginia or also outside of uh, the state? We have all over the country. So we have some jobs even overseas, but mostly uh, we have, I think there's like between four and 500 active jobs in our system all over the country. And we have on average, what I see about 40 to 45 jobs coming in per month. Wow. We have... Yeah, everywhere. I just saw someone coming in for Kansas. <laughs> so people need jobs in Kansas. But uh, yeah, it's, it's everywhere. And that's a lot of questions I get too. Are we just placing you know, locally in the Virginia area? No, it's, it's all over the country. Right. So what about you as a, as a recruiter? Do you uh, have to travel or can you stay put in Virginia? So I can stay put in Virginia. I was just having a discussion with my boss. They want to get me out and about in the different fleet concentration areas to, to talk to transitioning officers. Mm-hmm. So that's one of my, uh, one of my to-do lists is to, to how to get to all those places and have an audience and be able to speak to an audience. And so actually, I just talked about that this morning. Wow. It's interesting, though, because a lot of the people that do what I do aren't necessarily in our Virginia office. We have recruiters. Our army recruiter is well outside, you know, the Virginia office. We have people in Atlanta. We have people in uh, Michigan. We have people in Ohio. So as long as we have our laptops and our, and, you know, our headsets to make phone calls, 
you can recruit from anywhere. I'm in a great spot because I'm in the Norfolk, you know, Virginia Hampton Roads area. Right. Right by DC, right? Right, right there. Yeah. We're about four hours from DC. So um, to answer your question, they want to get me out traveling around, which I'm all for, uh, but I can do a lot of my work from here too, just with having access to social media and LinkedIn that, that makes it to where you can kind of stay in one spot and reach a lot of people. That's amazing. That's amazing. So I'm going to ask you a couple more questions here before I let you go. Um, one is regarding the people that might have a little bit of doubts around this whole thing. Like, oh man, you know, um, what's going to happen when I do X, Y, Z? Like, what is my boss going to say? Are they even going to let me out? Um, how do we manage that mindset? You know, do we just say, hey, um, just prepare for it and, you know, be as communicative as possible? Or, yeah, how, how would you approach that? For people just getting out in general or about the SkillBridge program? Or what do you mean specifically? Oh, just people that um, might have doubts about um, the whole process working out for them. Yeah, I think my main thing, what I tell people now is to take charge of your transition. If you think a transition is coming up, if you foresee yourself in a year, in two years, uh, separating from the military, it's your transition and it's yours to take charge of. What I found in my experience in my command, there was a lot of people who have already retired, but there's no one there to walk you through the retirement piece. Mm. And so a lot of it is on your own, figuring it out. There's lots of networks available that I'm finding out about now who help transitioning military. But I think if you're uncertain, it's always good about two years out just to see what's out there. And that's where Bradley Morris comes in and the other recruiting firms too. We can help with that. So I get a Navy officer on, on the phone and I have a lot of people who are about 24 months out and it gives us enough time to talk through um, I'm not there to influence their decision on getting out or staying in. I think and I always tell them that's such a personal decision. Like you make that on your own, right. but these are some of the things we have available. These are some of the services that we can help you with. And these are some of the jobs that we've historically placed people with your experience in. Mm-hmm. And so I try to talk them through that to get, uh, to help them a little bit with some of the apprehension. And then when it comes to them working their own transition, I always talk to them about having a plan. And even if, you're having a transition plan and you decide to stay in, that's okay because you've still worked on networking. You still built your LinkedIn profile. You still have drafted a resume. You've still grown your local network. Right. So um, that's really what I talk to people about. But And there's still going to be the stress and the anxiety surrounding transitioning and going into the unknown. But there are people out there that can help, especially if you know people, trusted people who have done it themselves. Mm-hmm. And there's other there's agencies and foundations that help out as well. That's awesome. Um, so what, what kind of industries, well, what industry roles have you seen um, emerge within you know, the time that you've been there? I know tech is pretty hot right now. Are there any tech, finance, and hospitality jobs? What do you think? So I think with, with, my, with the junior officers that I find placement with, a lot of it, we do pretty heavy on um, engineering type jobs. And so we do a lot in the engineering field field. I, I placed someone in business development. We just had someone as a data analyst in New York City um, mm. for one of the companies there. We work with, um, there's one with, with Rock Nation, uh, just, just trying to find places Amazing. for them. Yeah. So it's, it's, it <laughs> runs the gamut of the type of industries that we work. A lot in the project management, 
production supervisors, logistics roles, warehouse supervisors, sales consulting. And that's where, again, because I work with junior military officers, that's where kind of our bread and butter is. Whether you're a surface warfare officer or any type of military officer, you're used to leading people. You can communicate well. You can stand up and deliver information yeah. and, um, and lead teams, you know, whether it's 5, 10, 15, 20 people. And so those are a lot of the positions that we've worked that I've seen in the short time that I've been here. And a lot of companies like hiring military just because we have that experience in, in doing those things. We don't call it project management a lot of times. You know, <laughs> exactly. But uh, we have that experience and it's very desirable with the, the companies that we work with. Nice. So do you, you only hire uh, or help uh, junior military officers get hired, right? That's how it works. So for me, so our company, we, everybody. So we okay. do all services, um, enlisted and officers. I specifically in my role, I'll work with Navy officers. And if they've been out of the Navy for, or they've been out of the service for a while, I'll work with all kinds of military officers. But my company helps junior enlisted, senior enlisted, um, junior military officers. We help everyone. And the cool part is that on the recruit military side, which Bradley Morris owns, we can help spouses as well. And so that's more of a jobs board. Um, people that don't have the technical ratings that we work with on the Bradley Morris side can go to recruit military, post their resumes on there. Companies have access to that website and they can find people that way as well. So we help everyone in all services. <laughs> that's amazing. Well, everybody, um, I just want to say thank you uh, to Tyler Blocher for being on the show. Thank you for your time, sir. And I hope you have a great day. All right, Robert, thank you so much. Thank you.